Hello and welcome to another episode of Reproducibility. Um, with me recording on a Monday morning is Sophia in Amsterdam, who is Hello. doing Powerpuff Girl poses, <laughs> and uh, Sam in Oxford. Hi. Sam, you're just on holiday yeah, as good. well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Midterm break is the perfect time to go away. <laughs> I'm sure every academic would agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how are you doing, Sophia? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I haven't been on holiday, <laughs> but um, I'm very glad that you guys have, and you look radiant, both of you. I haven't. Well, I, I was on holiday two weeks ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, well, exactly I have lost. I have a weird I have a weird thing now where um, my partner he is just switching jobs so he has four weeks of gardening leave where he's not working <laughs> and so he's like on a major holiday <laughs> but he's just at home because it was all last minute and so it's like well it feels even worse to come into work now because there's somebody going like i'm just gonna sleep in <laughs> and you're just going like man oh, no. i could because i'm an academic but then i i also can't because i also need to get my work done yeah. Um, so yeah, but anyways, um, today we're going to talk about the second part of Dorothy Bishop's paper, um, Fallibility in Science, Responding to Errors in the Work of Oneself and Others. Um, in the last episode, we were we thought we'd get through the whole paper and talk about responding to errors in the work of oneself and of others, but we actually only managed to talk about your own work. So today we will look at um, responding to errors in somebody else's work, which I don't know if we think that's easier or harder to do. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to read out the beginning of the this part of the paper. It's the third page um, for us to get a feel of what sort of point of view Dorothy will be arguing for. So... Um, where is it? You would not want to be, how do you say that word, pilloried? Is it pilloried? Pilloried? I have no idea. Whatever. I'll just say pillory. And, uh, <laughs> pilloried, yeah. Weird. You would not want to be pilloried for an honest error. So do not pillory others for simple mistakes. Even though Dorothy wants to use the, the verb poo-poo. To me, you know, you shouldn't poo-poo others. And that's actually a word as well. <laughs> really? That's beautiful. Yeah. Like a genuine... Yeah, to poo-poo. I love it. <laughs> I will, if, if Dorothy is using it, I will use it in, in essays or whatever. I'll, uh, you know when you learn a Expect a paper where I'm like, don't poo-poo on open science. <laughs> don't poo-poo on open science. <laughs> I think it... I think it I th I, I, I'll look it up. Like if it's if I actually got that word wrong, then that would be hilarious, and we can uh, <laughs> name what? the episode "Don't Poo Poo on Open Science." <laughs> um, but I, I do think that word does exist. Um, anyways, I've I've googled it, but I, I but I don't. I still don't Is know it P U H P U H, or no P O? No, no, no. Pillar, pillory. Yeah. Oh, pillory. So Google says it's pillory. Um, <laughs> I can hear it being said. <laughs> through Skype. I'm not sure if that will record because, yeah, but anyway. It's like, Hillary, Hillary. 
Anyways, um, I thought you looked up poo-poo. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll stop. This is like that time when we um, wanted to make sure to pronounce Michelle Knight correctly. And then we just ended up remixing it. <laughs> With the help of Google. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Okay, let's... Um, let's we are amazed by the extensiveness of this vocabulary and we will continue to... In- and Sue with this commentary. Um, so, in a comment on a blog post on this topic, Vile, 2014, put it very well. My first prominent publication was a note tearing down someone else's work. That work had appeared in a major journal and caused quite a stir, but the apparent results were the product of carelessness, not dishonest, just careless, mistake in the analysis. The note pointing this out was not derogatory in tone, nor was it intended to shame, but was doubtless embarrassing to the authors. Now that I am much older, a little wiser, and a little kinder, and a lot more employed and thus less vulnerable to jerks, I would send the authors my analyses of their math first and give them the opportunity to correct. And I hope that my colleagues would give me the same consideration if, when, I make a stupid mistake. And then Dorothy Bishop says, life, however, is not always so simple. The researcher whose error is remarked only may respond with anger, denial or silence. Um, And then it goes on to um, discuss about this. So, so yeah, it's, uh, don't know, don't know what I feel about it. Well, I mean, it's a conversation that comes up a lot in the open science community and outside with the perceptions of the open science community, right? Because it's ultimately part of the purpose of open and reproducible science is to combat kind of normal errors that are made so that we can correct them, but it's also to correct uh, kind of bigger errors as well and to make sure they're not being created. So it's difficult to have that perspective um, and in general, to argue for any of the methodological reforms without also saying, because not doing it this way is kind of bad, whether we're talking about questionable research practices or whatever. So in some way, you're always being critical, and there's always the chance that that could be taken as kind of going beyond this sort of academic criticalness that we should have and into assholery that we know that we shouldn't have. But where's the assholery? Not, not in here. I think that's the distinction that is often made, right? Like that's what people people get worried about. It's like you, we should respond to errors. We should be critical, but we shouldn't be an asshole to others, right? That's the usual argument that comes up. Sure, but I feel like this is this this argument is often um, I, I see this extended um, to the extent that like even if someone um, is getting pushback for their criticism. Um, that is not nice. That the that the person who initially who initially criticised is still expected to be um, to be sort of uh, uh, as, as kind as possible um, and not harsher at that point, kind of thing. You know, like I feel like there's a kind of like there's there's a sort of there's a um, hypocritical thing going on where it's like the the, the kindness and um, sort of not harshness. That's a word. Um, um, is expected only of the people who are criticizing, not of the people who are being criticized, right? So I'm not sure if I 
So, like, in the people who are being criticized, their response to the criticism. Because, like, they yeah. don't really need to be kind in their original paper, because that's No, no, of course not. No, no. But, like, so, so, so their response isn't really expected to be, or, like, it's, it's sort of like, it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's understandable if their response isn't that kind, because this is really embarrassing to them, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing, if then the critic responds to the, the response that wasn't great, the critic is still being held to the to the highest standard of this needs to be super kind and super clean and there cannot be a harsh word in this. I think it's just, it's really hard because you that comment I I guess you know it's like this like now that I'm older wiser kinder more employed it it. It's kind of saying like, okay, we should do it in this really kind way, but I know I didn't do that. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's kind of looking down on not in a not in a deliberate way on people who are at the bottom of the ladder. Now that that person's at the top of the ladder, I don't, I don't think know. it's looking down on them. I think I think it's um, indirectly um, acknowledging a kind of. Well, I don't, want to, I don't want to say privilege, but privilege that um, that this mm. person has now in that they are, you know, I think, I think the thing that, that's here in um, parentheses, um, the a lot more employed thing, that's the crucial part, right? Like, mm. they're, yeah. now, they're now safe to make this. Yeah. Um, the, these, these, these comments, they, they, like, they know that the, the person that they're criticizing can't just ignore their comments as much because they are very employed and they can, you know, um, they cannot be touched by, by pressures as much uh, from, from those people. They can't, they, they can, they know that they can push back more if the response isn't. But like, do you think the, do you think the paragraphs are like, how do you say it? Like, do you think that they, that this this piece is arguing for people who are younger, less wise, le- less employed, to not do what they have done and noted this kind of criticism without sending the criticism to the author first. You know, or is it saying, I understand why people do this, but I now do it differently? I, so I feel like, it, like, I feel like this is meant to say, you know, the, the better way of doing it is is this way, mm. um, and I think like while that might be the case, that's just I, th- I think that's not the case for people who aren't in in such stable um, positions. Mm. Um, both for the sake of the criticism that that doesn't um, get drowned um, in sort of power things, and for the people so that they don't get any negative consequences from it. Yeah, we've had this, just for a bit of background, we've had this discussion when we were in Amsterdam, um, mm, yeah. the three of us as well. Um, and yeah, there is, it's a real difficulty, isn't it? Because in a way, I do feel like I have also criticized in a way that I would probably not do anymore now. And I would want to send at least try to and really consider sending authors what I'm going to criticize on before going in for the final kind of stab. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm unsure as well. <laughs> this is going to be a really unsure episode. <laughs> It'll be like, yeah, we should. I, 
I could see that, you know, the argument really boils down to, like, yes, kindness is really important for a culture and science and for kind of in the way of the kind of treat others or the way you want to be treated principle. Um, but we know that science doesn't, or, you know, we shouldn't, if we know that science will hold hold the criticizer at higher standard to the person you're criticizing and you are as a young researcher putting yourself into um, kind of a difficult position, um, you might be cut down, you might be prevented from actually publishing your criticism, people might take away from the credit and the amount of work you put into your criticism. Um, I see that it becomes harder to abide to that, that principle, but in the end, if I, you know, I have papers out now and there is a, probably an error in them somewhere and I would, I would be really kind of stressed and disappointed if somebody would write kind of a very high profile criticism and didn't actually ask me before, I don't know, or like didn't tell me before so I could, like if it's an error in the code, I want to improve it. <laughs> but then the problem is, yeah, what, what, if that was a young researcher who spent weeks on that point to show it yeah Shouldn't and then i just say okay yeah i'll change it thanks <laughs> but yeah. yeah i actually don't see much of an issue with with all of this being public to be honest i think especially if it results in a published paper being changed then actually why can't the errata also include the comment and the uh kind of acknowledgement to the person that made it. I think that's kind of part of the, the issue as well. Yeah, I think, I think um, genuine um, mistakes that can just be, be fixed exactly. I think, I think those should, that, that should be open, both because it's like, it's kind of, it kind of normalizes that, there, like, that mistakes happen and that people find them and do get credit for, the, for, for finding this, right? For, being, for, for doing science right, I guess, for really for, for checking stuff before they use it or whatever. Um, I think the the bigger problem is when um, is is sort of the possibility of someone um, thinking that they have uh, found an error, um, maybe not in the code, but uh, well, or, or in the code even, um, but in, in thinking or something. So thinking that they uh, they found an error, and really it's just that they haven't understood it properly, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, ideally, that would just that that would be discovered through peer review, but dot dot dot. Um, so I think I think that's that if yeah. So I think that that's that's the main function that I see um, of that the contacting of the idea of contacting authors before you go public with your criticisms. Isn't there such a grey area that it it just depends on what the both what the criticism is and on the the impact or the profile of the paper itself, as well as probably so many other different considerations, but. If it's literally, I can get your code to run, then yeah, of course, contacting the authors first to kind of say, I couldn't get this to work, can you clarify something? That, that just to me makes sense, rather than writing something. But that's probably what you would do anyway. Yeah, sure. You, you're not, not going to write a commentary to say, I couldn't get the code to run without checking. No, of course not. But then... But I mean, but, I mean, Amy's example just now was like something where like, you know, someone could have potentially worked for a couple of days or whatever um, to make sure that they, they've understood it correctly and that there is, but it's like, 
Oh, Sophia's got you got some beatboxing going on because um, <laughs> Skype. Oh, no. Go. Um, you 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 said during it, it's different when somebody's worked a couple of days on something. Um, no, I mean I mean like sort of. Um, so, so that was the example that you that yeah. you were having. So that yeah. that that there's sort of mistakes that are smallish, like small enough that you could just fix them and no one has to know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that are big and complicated enough that it needed a good chunk of work to um, be figured out by someone else. Mm. With the... I I kind of agree, you know, we all come from different perspectives here, but I do agree with Sam's point on in making things public. And, and I guess in, in a traditional journal format, a form of this communication it does allow some of this publicity and kind of ability for the author to respond because I think in in a very traditional commentary somebody sends in the commentary or something that I think that there's an error and oftentimes a journal then allows the author to respond to that at the same point publicly yeah and so it's both public the the criticism and and the response and I do think that that's you know, my yeah. I I guess that you can then debate about the 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 small thing about like, oh, if you're handing it into the journal, should you at the same point kind of send the research an email saying like, by the way, I've just handed this in, into journal, or do you send it a couple of weeks before, or you do you not send anything, you know, to them? Um, but I think in the end, well, I it's just I think it's the difference between in a traditional journal format versus kind of in blogs and on Twitter, like that's where this, it's a less formalized process. It's also different. So I'm, I'm re-complicating things. <laughs> no, I think that's good, right? Because I, I think like part of the idea of why, like part of why I think it would be good to have it mainly public rather than have it happen, you know, behind closed doors to be, to be nice or kind or whatever, to, to have, what's it, to be polite, um, is that, Right, the idea is to have a culture change. The idea is to have this to have this be something that that is that is normal. To have this be something that is that is out there and that that people know about. So I'm I'm just I'm just not sure what doing it behind closed doors adds for that. So I do agree that I think it should be um, open and public, but. I'm I'm not sure about the sort of contacting beforehand, but like that's exactly what we're talking about now. So that as well, like that. Um, I just think, yeah, it it adds risks for people who are um, more junior, and it really just reinforces um, the idea that that yeah that that those researchers have have a have some kind of ownership of. I mean, which they do oh, well. Okay, I'm not making much sense. Someone take off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's this, there is a huge grey area, right? So I, I would assume that from Amy's example, that if you've spent days, weeks trying to figure out what was wrong in a paper, and maybe if you've discovered that it is just so heinously wrong that people need to know about it, maybe maybe because it's a really high-profile paper that's trying to claim that there's no smartphones cause diabetes or something <laughs> S- something so something so bizarre that that would make headlines. In fairness, because it's just stupid. Um, but at the same time, like having something that comes out 
as quickly as possible without going through the closed doors sort of makes sense. But if it's like checking someone's code on a, an obscure kind of cognitive learning task or something that is maybe really useful for the field, but isn't, it's not going to have the kind of big headlines, we need to correct people's perceptions of this as soon as humanly possible. So your distinction there is about like the the influence on the public. I think that's part of it. At the very least, in terms of the speed that it, that these kind of comments or critiques or whatever need to get out there, mm. and that might be a difference between will I will I contact the authors and wait for a week to get their response to then figure out if my response is correct and all this when you know that you actually are fully correct? Or is that the point where you just say, I'm going to send them an email, but I'm also going to put the preprint up now? Because I think I, I think people I have two need to know this. this paper's wrong. Cool. <laughs> so um, one of them is, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure if I agree with uh, having to make that distinction, um, because even if it's not um, that, that relevant for the general public that some newspaper will pick it up, it's still... Surely it should still be important enough to to warrant quick change or like quick response. And secondly, actually, like if I was to agree with the uh, distinction, then I'm I'm not sure that it would be the right thing to have it as quick as possible and as unchecked as possible. Right? Like, like that's kind of the implication, right? It's quick, but also not not really checked by anyone else. Um, like if if you want if this is something that is of public interest, because surely if if it's something that is of public interest, then you want it to. Then you know you don't want to add confusion by adding something that then someone else can easily just go, well, you made a mistake there, um, your reasoning doesn't hold up, right? Because then, because then you just end up in a situation that where you're kind of encouraging um, public distrust in science to increase even more. Oh yeah, I think I think my example rested on my, yeah, example kind of rested on some of the existing cases of this where you kind of know there is a small team of people that are checking stuff so it isn't just kind of one person that couldn't get the code to run and got really pissed off and then wrote a commentary in an afternoon it's kind of people that have checked papers and kind of you really do know that there's something wrong literally the numbers don't add up kind of level of certainty it's interesting well i think what we what we're seeing is that this is a really complicated area <laughs> Well, we we figured out a couple of distinctions, kind of the distinction of kind of are you older, wiser, and employed or not <laughs> um, seems to seems to do does play a difference. Um, we talked about the distinction about where the outlet is. You know, is it a more formalized outlet? Are we talking about preprints? Are we talking about a blog post? Um, and how will the author be able to respond to that? Then the differentiation actually like when you should, yeah, should you send something beforehand or not? And then now we're talking about this issue of, you know, are, 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 are all, all corrections created equal or are some more equal than others? Um, but yeah, so let's take a quick break for, for us all and, and the listeners as well for us to kind of mull about this, um, this problem. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll return very soon. You are listening to Reproducibility, serving you discussions of important issues in science and psychology one mug of tea at a time. 
Do you like the taste of our podcast? Give us a follow on Twitter at reproducibility, rate us on iTunes, and tell other early career researchers about us. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach us on Twitter or via our email address, which is reproducibility at gmail.com. Over the next weeks, we will also release some special tea flavors, which are small podcast episodes talking to a wide range of psychological researchers, especially awesome ECRs that we want you to meet. If you have someone you think should come on the show, send us a message. Welcome back to our uh, slightly confused um, episode around errors in somebody else's work, which um, people normally kind of be around the bush about because we're just realizing now that it's really dependent on so many different factors and and how did different distinctions and and yeah, a lot of a lot of um, decisions one needs to take, which are difficult. And we were just talking about in the break about how there might be another distinction between criticisms and critiques, and and um, if there are any others that our listeners, um, if you have an idea, uh, please just send us a message, and and we love to add another <laughs> distinction to our list. Um, maybe we'll have an episode a couple of uh, months time where we've actually figured this out. Um, but I think one of the most important distinctions that we haven't mentioned yet is um, the distinction between researcher and and research, which Sophia is doing the happy dance. So Sophia, do you want to give the uh, happy intro into this distinction? Okay, I'll try. This is my favorite distinction that I bring up all the time because it's so important. Um, basically, I think that um, a big part of the reason why we have such problems surrounding like how we deal with errors is that people conflate the research that they're criticizing with the researcher that has originally created that research. And by people, I mean, particularly those researchers who are being criticized. Right. So like, um, instead of just saying, well, okay, you know, someone is criticizing this work that I've produced, which, you know, might have some um, some mistakes in it because that happens because that's science. Um, it is very natural to instead go well. They've criticized this work and it's my work, and by extension, they've criticized me and my family and my cow, um, which obviously is much more painful. Um, I think, than I just... think it's, it's hard though because, like, for example, if you're writing a criticism, you would write like whatever Staple at all yeah. did blah 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 or if we would have you know Orban, Parsons and Cruvel at all said this and this was wrong it's really hard because your name is already <laughs> mentioned in the criticism and so you yeah, well, maybe maybe that's part of the problem that, mm. <laughs> that we that we um we mentioned those citations um with names rather than aren't, aren't there other disciplines where they instead of having names in the in papers they just they just have a link. They just have a sort of like just numbers that link to the um, to the reference in the reference list, for example. Oh, you mean like that? In, instead of in-text citations, you have kind of these uh, in these numbers. Like yeah. Subscript. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you could refer to the paper by the title of the paper, but mm. even then. So. Oh God! So, but that, that, Sophia, that would encourage what? even even worse punny paper oh, titles. Oh yeah. So, do we want that sound? Do so, we want to open that box? Maybe. Um, so, so what's what's the the big kind of plus 
that you see to distinguishing between the research and the researcher in terms of um, like responding to someone's errors? Like, what do you see makes the big difference? Well, I think it makes make sure that it's um, it's not as personal as quickly, at least, right? So that um, I think it, like if if, it was, if, it, if it's impossible to do this, right? I mean, I'm not I'm not sure if it is humanly possible for for a researcher to really just detach from their research when it's being criticised. But if that's possible, then I then I think um, these discussions around criticism, um, especially when there's sort of particular instances of criticism. Um, would escalate less quickly, and would be like you'd be we'd be able to have them really on the the subject matter, like on like you know like, well, what went wrong? What needs to be done to correct this? Um, why is this important? Whatever. Like you just you can just talk about what's actually happening rather than immediately or like very quickly um, descending into these meta discussions about tone. Right. I don't think people would care as much about this tone issue if there was a distinction between their work that is put out, uh, yeah, that they've done, whatever, and themselves. I, I think it is something where if that issue could be solved, it would massively improve the way that we talk about science um, and the way that science progresses as such. I guess it, it's just that, it, I don't think it's, I was just thinking it's not, actually a unique problem to science is it like so many problems that we're currently in in politics if we could dissociate like decisions and kind of a politician's history and now that would improve massively that they don't feel like they need to keep face or um something like that i don't know i i yeah i i 100 percent agree if we could talk about research without implicating the researcher, that would be a massive step. I agree, but to play devil's advocate slightly, I'm not entirely sure that it's... I sort of feel like it's kind of a proxy for like being nice, essentially. If, if a huge part of the, the argument of why we should distinguish between research and researcher is so that people's kind of don't get their hackles up because they think that they're being kind of attacked in some way if we actually had an environment where i forget the word you had last week because my memory is terrible so oh the german word yes yeah so this kind of which culture of errors page, which error culture doesn't have anyway yeah so so if we had this kind of error culture where people were accepting that you should kind of comment on errors and correct them and it's kind of acceptable and fine and then I actually think that you sort of wouldn't need this distinction between research and researcher anymore because you already have a situation where people are they're acting on sort of in good faith about facts rather than turning it into tone essentially so I, I, I agree that it's kind of important but I'm not sure if it's important purely for itself or whether it's kind of a proxy for kind of the better environment that we want. Okay, so yeah, I don't think we disagree at all. Um, I think I was just not clear enough, maybe. But like, I yeah, I also like sure, like this this the this, this, this distinction between um, researcher and research is important exactly to um, get to a culture that that like of like, the surrounding areas that makes sense, right? So I don't like I don't think this has an inherent 
value. I mean, well, we think. <laughs> well, actually, I do think. It, oh, no, no, no. It, it, it's, it's an instrumental thing, right? I guess if there was a way of, of having the world such that people can continue conflating their research with themselves, and but while we while we have a good agriculture, that would be fine. So yeah, no, I agree with you entirely. That this it's more is something like a that chicken, is chicken and the egg, isn't it? Like yeah. Um, an error culture would be based on being able to talk freely about errors in a non-judgmental way, which would then, you know, and I don't know if it leads to or is led to by dissociating some, and a criticism as being inherently personal to criticism being purely about the work. Well, yeah, I think, well, actually, I, I, th I think we, we definitely, well, like, given that we are in a, in a place where people aren't great at distinguishing between these things, um, I do think it's important to have that distinction for, um, in order to arrive at, a, at an error culture that makes sense. So like, you I don't, think I don't, I don't the think, distinction think would, is an easy thing to change, or not an easy thing, but something you could change to create the error culture we would be looking exactly. for? Exactly. Like it's, 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 some, it's something actionable, like, so, like so it was, it was something that you can sort of attack, that you can be like, okay, like how do we, how do we get this, get people to make this distinction so that we can have a better culture on errors overall. Like it, it's, it's something more concrete than just being like, oh, we should change our cultures, cultures surrounding how we make mistakes and what we do when we make mistakes, right? Which is very like, yeah. Yeah, and I think some, some key questions are then, you know, that if we would want to change that distinction, we wouldn't need to think about things like how we mention papers and critiques, you know, the use of names, yeah. um, how we teach our students, like the way we teach critiques also based on kind of the students, they don't really think of it as a person, but they still use the names of the researchers when they critique that work, you know. Um, kind of maybe the outlets of critique as well. Um, so I think, yeah, if we, if we do want to change long term, we would need to start, it, it'd be nice to say, you know, it'd be a nice goal to say, this is actually what we need to change and here are all the things we could try to do to change it. Well, I think maybe, maybe you could have like, a, um, you know, like how nuns and monks um, get a new name when they become nuns and monks. <laughs> maybe you can get, become a, maybe, you can, maybe you can get a new name when you become a researcher. So that um, you have like your personal self and then your research self, um, so we can continue citing people by their names. But it's like, it's their nun name. But probably a nun could be snap? could be annoyed when somebody insults her nun name just as much as her personal name. I mean, also, you'd have like people. It, oh, we can. Well, we'd love to hear your your nun names. Um, we'll think of ours <laughs> in the next episode. <laughs> uh, the problem is, you'll need to choose it when you start your PhD, and we know very well what happened with PhD proposals. <laughs> Nobody sticks to it. <laughs> My God, we all missed it. It's like your first hotmail email, <laughs> or like your first oh, email address. <laughs> you don't want to uh, be stuck with that uh, further on. Um, okay, well, we have run out of time on on this one. Um, I think we have we have managed to think about some things, and I think it's a bit more clear in my mind where the confusions lie. Not the confusion, it's just the the difficulty in answering this question. Um, but there are a lot. There's a as we see that these commentaries, like Dorothy Bishop wrote, are 
so rare because they're so difficult to talk about, uh, especially the responding of errors in the work of others. Um, and I think she did a very, very good job um, in, in doing so. But I'll, it'd be nice to see more voices on this. Okay, well, um, we'll have a great Monday. <laughs> and um, thank you for listening. And we look forward to um, seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.